afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to, that's right, we're back, Lone Star News here coming live on a Saturday afternoon, October 2nd, it is, I believe. Yes, indeed it is. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I hope you guys are having a great weekend so far and uh, are re uh, ready to get to rip roaring and right into it. Um, as we bring to you guys uh, this week's uh, Texas news and current events. And I am your host, Mr. C, and we are coming to you live on the foxhole.app, as well as pilled.net and Twitch and Clout Hub. All right. Good afternoon and welcome again, y'all. I hope you are doing great. And we're doing pretty good. Now, we've had a, what, uh, I think a two-week break here over at Lone Star News. So it's good to be back in the saddle, so to speak. And uh, returning to you guys uh, on the weekends to just do kind of touch up and a recap on what's been going on in the great state of Texas. Just our little way of, you know, uh, kind of trying to keep an eye on our own backyard. And that's what it's all about. Now, two weeks, man, a lot of stuff has happened in two weeks, uh, that is for sure, especially when we're talking about those rascally uh, lawmakers up there in Austin and uh, all the things that they are uh, doing, not doing, and, uh, you know, uh, pretending to do, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, now, some of you guys may notice uh, the absence of um, a fellow uh a fellow commentator here at the Lone Star News. So uh, right at the top of the show, I uh, just want to let you guys know that um, sadly, uh, the Texan had to depart from Lone Star News. Uh, but uh, not so sad, though. He, I'm sure we'll see. I, I'm sure we'll see the Texan around these parts. Uh, uh, but uh, busy times and, uh, you know, life circumstances just kind of uh, add up to that. But we're all good to go. All I can say is um, um, a heartfelt thank you to the Texan for uh, joining us on our Texas adventures for the first, what, 12 episodes of Lone Star News. And uh, it was definitely an honor to have him along for the ride. And uh, well, I mean, hey, you, you don't got to miss the man if you're over at the foxhole.app or pill.net. You can always check out the Texan on his station and, uh, you know, see what he's up to these days, jamming out to some good music or getting uh, philosophical on your butts. That is the Texan, guys. So, uh, yeah, most definitely make sure uh, to check out his work there. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him again. Uh, that man's not long to be gone. So, all right, guys, and we will jump into it. Uh, good afternoon, friends over at the Foxhole app. I see you over there, Monkey Toe 71 How are you doing this evening or this afternoon? And uh, indeed, I'm glad you were able to check it out as well today. Uh, we do have uh, a bit of news for you guys. Like I said, we were out on a two-week break Um uh, both of them for personal issues on my end, not personal issues, you know, personal matters, uh, family matters and stuff like that. So uh, I do appreciate uh, the uh, patience and the understanding. And I thank you as well as we jump back into uh, the thick of things here in the state of Texas per the news. Now, um, one of the uh, topics I think has been dominating uh, quite recently uh, will most definitely be the call for the, um, uh, mm, 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 uh, how do you say, the uh, election audits uh, that has been going out. So we're definitely going to touch on that 
as um, it seems like the state of Texas is going to move ahead with the uh, full forensic audit. Now, we'll see exactly how full this audit will be. And uh, we'll see uh, we'll see if it's indeed as forensic as we're hoping it will be. Uh, but I don't know. I have some of my doubts about in that regard, but we'll touch on that in just a bit. Good afternoon, Lynn RC7, coming to us from Ellis County, Texas. All right, very cool. It's always great to have fellow Texans along because uh, that's what this show is all about. And, uh, you know, I, I will do my best to uh, bring you uh, the news, current events, and some analysis of what it is that we're presenting. And we go a little bit all over the state of Texas because, after all, we got a lot of land to cover, if you know what I mean. And I apologize about this blemish, by the way. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Uh, before we also get into the show, um, I would like to remind you all to uh, check us out at um, our podcast. Uh, we also podcast these episodes. Um, and the, you can find that at uh, anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. Now, some of you all may know The Sea Report as my Monday through Friday show that we do uh, at 7.30 p.m. Texas time, Central Time, uh, bringing you all around America First news and headlines, as well as commentary and analysis, of course, would not be a show without that. And uh, we're actually going to start putting uh, Lone Star News segments on the same podcast station. So uh, uh, in, betw in betwixt those sea reports, uh, you will also be able to catch Texas News which I think will be pretty interesting for our uh, podcast uh, listeners uh, to get a, a taste of this, because uh, this is what episode 13, uh, lucky episode 13. And uh, we're going to go ahead and initiate that as well. So uh, we can get some, a bit of Texas news out there along with the C report for the podcast listeners. And uh, if you'd like to support the show or if uh, you're a little bit too busy to uh, have your eyes attached to a screen, uh, check out the podcast where you can get every episode of The Sea Report and now to be featuring Lone Star News um, on the same podcast station. Uh, and and uh, that is to say also, guys, uh, say you don't want to go to Anchor or you don't want to download their podcast app. Well, my friends, uh, you can catch uh, the podcast on any major podcasting platform. And um, yeah, uh, all the major ones except for uh, what is that one called? Oh, yeah, iHeartRadio or iHeart Podcasting or whatever it's called. I don't know. That's the only one that you really won't be able to find us on exclusively. But other than that, we are here and we are live. And we'll be bringing you Lone Star News on our podcasting station as well. So that should be pretty good. And then uh, lastly, by way of housekeeping, we are doing a little bit of fundraising this week um, as I will be heading to Las Vegas in a couple of weeks uh, to cover the um, For God and Country Patriot Double Down happening live on October 23rd through the 25th proper. Although the event does kind of kick off on the 22nd, it should be a great time. Uh, we'll be bringing you live coverage of the event, uh, as well as uh, hopefully some interviews I'm trying to get in the bag. Uh, some man on the streets actions, and we will also be doing um, the Sea Report live from Las Vegas, as well as Mr. C in the Dark live from Las Vegas. And uh, for those of you out there in podcast land, you guys probably hear me talking about it all the time. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, Mr. C in the Dark is the another show that we do here on this station. 
And uh, that, uh, that's, uh, you know, casual conversation and, and uh, headlines. It's a pretty fun show. It happens at midnight on Friday and Saturday. In fact, uh, we had a pretty good show last night. Uh, we, had, uh, two, uh, we had two guests on, W.C. Cranop and Aurelius Locke. And uh, man, we were getting into uh, we were getting to some pretty uh, heavy topics uh, surrounding COVID nineteen, the vaccines, President Trump, and uh, kind of things that we uh, you know, kind of some of the thoughts that we have in regards to that aspect. And I kind of feel like that conversation is not over yet, um, and it's a very important one to have. So if you guys missed it, make sure you check out uh, last night's episode. You can see that here anywhere you catch uh, the Lone Star News or the Sea Report. And uh, we had what? Um, let me think here. Uh, yeah, yep. Twitch, you got it. Clout Hub, you got it. Pill.net and Foxhole.app, you most definitely have it. And uh, that's uh, pretty much that, folks. So uh, with that said, uh, let me welcome some more friends into the chat room. How are you doing? One, two, three, SKG. Good to see you, ma'am. And um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a wonder of nature, baby. And uh, Monkey Toes, uh, Monkey Toes 71. Good to see you as well, Monkey Toes. We haven't seen you in a bit. Um, she says, I've missed your live. We lost my oldest sister on the, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that monkey toes. Uh, my condolences to you and your family. I most definitely, uh, feel bad and, uh, and, uh, you know, prayers guys, and also uh, well wishes, warm wishes and love, uh, sending that over to monkey toes 71 as her family is, uh, um, wading through those deep waters. So again, um, Again, monkey toes. I do. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, stay strong, sweetie. Stay strong. Uh, we also have in the house um, nylon camel. Good evening, and uh, or good evening. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for gifting the can. And uh, she says, always glad to catch you live. Uh, likewise, always good to see you in the chat. And one, two, three, SKG. Thank you for sending over that phone. And um, I appreciate y'all's donations. Uh, this week, uh, we're, this is the last day of the fundraiser proper uh, because, uh, you know, uh, timing and, uh, you know, gold pills and when that hits the account. Uh, but you can also support over at um, Cash App or at PayPal for those of you out in Twitch land or out in Clout Hub. Um, and I will uh, post the um, handles for those uh, before the end of the show. So cool. All right, we do have a few uh, people over in uh, Twitch as well. Um, Herpes Beast says, isn't Texas like the worst state? Uh, you must be in California or something. And then uh, Slime Draken one, uh, what do you feel about Donald Trump? Well, hey, uh, stick around for the show. You might be able to infer where I stand in regards to President Trump. And uh, it's no mystery here at Mr. CTV. All right, guys, so let's jump into this. Uh, first story that we got for you guys today is kind of a bit of an update, and that's going to take us over to uh, the city of Dallas. Well, I should say Harris County. And hey, look at that. That's pretty cool, huh? Okay, so um, all right, let's get into this. Let's see here. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, okay, so this story is going to be revolving around the um, ongoing developments that have happened in regards to uh, General Allen West's wife, who was wrongfully arrested. Now, again, you know, in the line of duty, of course, police officers have to make a call. And uh, so that's not to say that uh, the officers did not uh, believe they had a reason to arrest. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of issues that are coming up around this now. 
And so basically, uh, as a way to recap the story, um, she was pulled over, um, was back in uh, last month in August, uh, on um, a suspicion of drunk driving. And of course, she did also have her grandchild uh, in the car. Um, so, uh, you know, basically, they released the video of it. Um, it was uh, the one that I saw was about 20 minutes long. Very hard to watch uh, in it, at least uh, from my perspective, my viewpoint. Um, uh, um, Angela West did not seem to be intoxicated um, and uh, she did not seem to be, um, you know, any, any under any kind of influence during that entire ordeal. Again, a 20 minute video. It was pretty hard to watch. Um, as the story develops, we find out that uh, Angela West was actually on the side of the road, you know, for two hours. It was a two hour long process from uh, beginning to finish once they pulled over uh, in which, you know, uh, she suffered interrogation and, you know, every every little kind of, uh, you know, um, a demoralization that happens in instances like that. I'm sure some of us can relate to it. And again, you know, we back the blue here at the C Report, at Lone Star News, at Mr. CTV. So it's not, uh, it's not, um, it's not to say that, uh, you know, police officers are bad or there's malintent, but certainly when you have a uh, political uh, candidate's um, family or spouse um, involved in situations like this, one does tend to wonder if there's something else going on here. Now, in case some of y'all didn't know, Angela West has also ran for city council. And I believe this is in Garland, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where she's ran. Uh, of course, she did not win her election bid uh, this last go round. But she she is also a public and uh, a public figure as well as a political candidate. So um, what people are really, really um, what's really driving this from those who speculate that some kind of foul was going on here uh, is that um, there was a lot of stuff not included in the released footage um, about what happened during that uh, um, that stop, you know, and uh, there are a lot of other things that they say were going on, uh, at least according to Angela. Now, um, to add more fuel to the fire of those who speculate this was uh, foul play, um, you know, Angela West did submit a toxicology report upon being released from jail. And uh, that toxicology report went on to examine that uh, she had zero types of anything, medication, influence, drugs, what have you in her body. Uh, and it showed that uh, the toxicology report, I think it shows like what, 80 hours back. So, you know, if we're, we're talking about like three days or more where there was no type of influence inside of her body. And uh, of course, she, uh, according to um, the reports, um, you know, has suffered uh, from, uh, from, um, uh, she, I believe she had a, uh, she's had a surgery on her brain. She's got stuff with her eyes. I think it was, it was an aneurysm or something, but, uh, you know, so, you know, if there was any kind of wobble, if there was any kind of thing that might indicate that she appeared to be drunk, uh, there were medical reasons to back that up, you know, and uh, again, this was, uh, this happened last month now on the 29th of September, and when I say last month, I mean August, by the way, guys, because we are, what, uh, freshly into October. Now, on the uh, 29th of September, um, the city of Dallas actually appealed to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton 
to reject record requests from multiple media organizations. And basically you had um, several media outlets that were requesting of the city of Dallas to, uh, to receive a copy of the full two hour arrest footage uh, that they had with uh, Angela West. Um, and August 20th was the day that the, uh, the arrest occurred. Uh, now, the Dallas uh, police officer, Lydia Harris, who was the arresting officer that evening again, uh, took her in because uh, she was uh, driving intoxicated with a child, endangering the child's life, according to her. And again, the uh, toxicology report on September 1st vindicated Angela of any of those charges. And of course, as you can imagine, uh, Colonel Allen West was quite irate with the circumstance. And um, the uh, Dallas Police Department, um, they released this uh, edited version of the arrest. And of course, um, now um, uh, media has to go through an open records request in order to obtain the full two hour footage. Uh, so this appeal has been sent to um, uh, the desk of Attorney General Ken Paxton. And uh, that's kind of where we're waiting at this point. But that, ladies and gentlemen, for the uh, Dallas Police Department to um, appeal to AG not to allow these uh, uh, this footage to go out uh, kind of does raise an eyebrow. Uh, it, you know, it pricks the ear. It, it kind of makes you wonder, well, why not? Because, you know, just like uh, in the uh, thought process of audits and stuff like that, you know, um, truth should never have to hide. And indeed, truth does not fear, you know, um, you know, stepping into the light when requested. Uh, most truth uh, remains in the light anyways. But, um, uh, you know, in, in the regards, you, you have to wonder what, at least I wonder, what is, uh, what, what is the reason why, um, you know, uh, this footage is being sought out? Um, and uh, is there something else in the works here? Um, is there something that they might see on that footage uh, that could prove that there was some, some sort of political foul play going on uh, with um, um, Angela during that period and the arresting uh, department, really, is what you would consider. Um, uh, Angela, according to um, uh, most people who have seen that footage, uh, um, was obviously not intoxicated, and I would agree with that, having viewed the footage myself. Of course, uh, some of the details that were edited out of the two-hour footage uh, included um, included um, um, Mrs. Harris, I'm sorry, Mrs. West, um, um, uh, telling uh, telling the uh, the uh, arresting officer about her medical condition. Uh, also, uh, the arresting officer again, uh, that uh, officer's name is Officer Harris, um, asking. Um, asking uh, Mrs. West if uh, she had taken any type of prescription medication or street drugs. And then of course, um, uh, we have this one instance where um, Angela West alleges that Officer Harris refused her request to speak with an attorney and pressured her to say that she had not recently been near anyone who had tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, even though she had. Now, um, uh, another detail that's not listed in the article that I got this story from is uh, the fact that the arresting officer had told her that she needs to say she did not come into contact with anyone who had the coronavirus. 
um, because if she did, they were going to stick her in. Um, they were going to stick her in the infected cells where she would most definitely catch the virus. So, what was up with that? I don't know. Um, I don't know why why the officer would uh, uh, say such things. But again, this might be something that uh, the Dallas Police Department is attempting to um, to cover over or hide. Um, and it really makes no sense when you think about it. Uh, if everything was on the up and up and it was indeed a genuine concern by the arresting officer, they should not need to hide or, or seek to uh, bury that footage. Um, and uh, that, that is, again, despite uh, the claims of, uh, you know, Chief Eddie Garcia, who offered an apology um, uh, in regards to this arrest. But the damage itself was already done, especially when you consider uh, that both these two uh, individuals here on the screen um, are active in uh, local politics and also, um, you know, uh, Governor West. I mean, Governor West, he, he uh, Alan West is running for the governorship this um, um, upcoming election. And so that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of stuff to consider, a lot of things to think about. Um, but uh, that was just a quick update in that regard. Again, uh, at this point, it'll be up to uh, A.G. Paxton where this is going to go. Uh, something tells me he's probably not deny the appeal uh, by the uh, Dallas Police Department. But again, one can never be too sure in this um, uh, this interesting time for politics in general. So yes. And uh, let's see here. Um, what else do we got? Hey, what's going on? All right. Uh, hey, Stacks Double X, welcome into the show. And thank you for gifting the shades. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Yes. And a monkey toe says anything to politically smear people. And uh, that's what we it's like a, their version of a wrap up smear campaign. Like I said, you know, uh, all the damage is done and uh, you didn't see or I didn't find any articles that uh, went on to talk about, uh, you know, her getting these charges not only dropped, but basically expunged. You know, um, no one, no one talked about the uh, vindication of Angela West, uh, but uh, they ran like wildfire uh, in regards to uh, this arrest occurring. And well, I mean, that is uh, that is what they do out there, especially when. Uh, they have political enemies um, that they don't want to uh, they don't want to uh, support or they want to disparage in some and any type of way. All right, let's get into our next story. That's going to take us over to Austin, Texas. OK, let's go, Austin. What do we got going on in Austin, Texas, ladies and gentlemen? Let's talk about Prop A in Austin, Texas. Now, uh, the, uh, uh, we have, we have elections coming up this November. It is, um, it's not, it's not the big one. You know, the governor election won't be until 2022, but there will be a lot of, uh, there will be a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, propositions, uh, you know, city in, in municipalities statewide, uh, Austin is going to have 10 propositions on uh, the November ballot. And uh, I think the one here uh, that is most important would be Proposition A. OK, now, uh, as you guys may know, um, it seems like every city that's, uh, you know, blue or turning, you know, liberal or has that uh, type of, uh, of bend, um, they are seeking to defund the police, you know, and that's a big, uh, a big thing right now. You know, that's one of the uh, talking points that you see coming out of progressives 
and left-leaning uh, liberals and Democrats across the board. Um, and for some reason, uh, you know, they just... Uh, they don't want that. Uh, they don't want that service and or protection. It boggles my mind. Uh, but uh, what Proposition A does for the city of Austin, um, it it brings back Austin police funding. Okay, so it's to strengthen. We actually went through uh, something similar to that um, in May in the uh, San Antonio city elections, uh, where they were trying to defund the police and uh, limit the staffing uh, on the uh, force um, out there. Fortunately, in San Antonio, that was defeated, thank goodness, but uh, they're trying to uh, fund the police, not defund the police through Proposition A. And uh, basically what Proposition A offers for the uh, citizens of Austin is uh, increased police funding, uh, double uh, doubling, uh, doubles the training hours for police officers, and it also enacts diversity and community policing reforms. Um, Proposition A was put on the ballot because nearly 30,000 Austinites signed a uh, Prop A is a law meant to make Austin a safer city by responding to the across-the-board increase in citywide crime. Uh, from a 230% increase in homicides since 2019 to dramatic increases in burglaries, carjacking and sexual assaults, the city has become suddenly and dramatically, uh, sorry, and seriously less safe. Um, those who signed the petition believe that much of that increase is directly tied to the 2019-2020 $150 dollars defunding of the Austin Police Department and the lack of police reform by city council. So uh, voting for Proposition A would enact police reforms such as doubling mandatory annual training hours, setting a safer city standard minimum requirement for police staffing to reduce crime and skyrocketing um, 911 response times and activity, uh, as well as, uh, let's see here, as well as requiring community policing, including foreign language proficiency for officers patrolling majority-minority neighborhoods. The opposition to the measure consists primarily of those who represent the city hall establishment. Now, this is very interesting, guys. And uh, we're actually, that's the reason why I pulled this article, because uh, it, it baffles me uh, who is actually opposing this. Now, you might have guessed the uh, city council, um, you know, of Austin, Texas would definitely be opposing Prop A. Indeed, the city council here in San Antonio uh, was actually uh, trying to uh, push to defund the police as well. It's, it's insane uh, that these people um, think that they can run our cities and, uh, you know, try and govern us. And then they want to strip us of, uh, you know, that force which is there to serve and protect Opposition arguments consist primarily of false claims of fiscal conservatism. Right. OK, so we got uh, we got lefty libs and Dems uh, trying to say that it is not fiscally conservative uh, to uh, to uh, to fund the police. Uh, and yet uh, I'm pretty sure that they have no problem spending 
that money anywhere else uh, but there. So um, that uh, that right there is just a little bit of hypocrisy, I think, a note of hypocrisy that I can see um, coming out of the objectors immediately. Uh, most objective observers do not see either returning public safety funds or better training our police as having any meaningful impact on the budget. It would only be about 1.2% of the $4.5 billion city budget. Um, but, uh, you know, they, uh, those people who don't uh, um, stand to support it, they also uh, admit that uh, dramatic and escalating increase in crime rates have gone up, you know. But uh, talking about who is opposing Prop A, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the one at the top of the list. And uh, this might not come to a surprise uh, to those of you out there who recognize this face and, uh, you know, know this name. Uh, but it is a bit of a surprise because uh, this man has uh, found his way uh, to wheedle into uh, the political landscape of just about every aspect of um, um, American, you know, uh, American uh, legislature and, uh, and, and then some. Uh, I'll give you a dollar if you can get it right. No, you know who this is, guys. Everyone knows him. Everyone loathes him. George Soros, ladies and gentlemen, is embedding himself into this year's November elections for the municipality of Austin, Texas. That's right. Uh, George Soros making an appearance in Austin, not literally, uh, but uh, George Soros has donated $500,000 to a campaign against funding and staffing um, um, uh, provisions for the Austin Police Department. Amazing, guys, isn't it? George Soros, right? I mean, what is his, uh, what is his deal like uh, with Austin uh, that he has to ensure that uh, there's no police force there to serve and protect? It is insane, guys. And I mean, we all know, I mean, I lived in Austin for 10 years, you know, and we all know that Austin is basically the, um, you know, the <laughs> the lefty lib armpit of the state of Texas. And indeed, it infects the city all up and down the I-35 corridor. But uh, this is actually the second time that George Soros has interjected himself into Austin politics since 2020. So, uh, you know, they're really trying to ramp up their blue fraud areas. And uh, th this is just a part of it. Okay. Uh, now, as we all know, uh, this uh, billionaire is a progressive benefactor for um, uh, left-leaning causes across the country. And uh, again, half a million dollars he's putting in to a campaign to defeat Proposition A in Austin, Texas. Um, among other reforms that Proposition A would establish would include a minimum level of the Austin uh, staffing, a minimum level of staffing for the force, the police force, um, providing at least two officers per 1,000 uh, citizens in the city. Now, APD, again, they are suffering, um, you know, not only from a dearth in approved positions um, compared to with uh, its staffing level two years ago, but also rampant attrition within its ranks, uh, meaning, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, uh, on average for the year, they are having at least 15 to 20 officers leave the force. OK, that's pretty bad. That's uh, that's not just like a, 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 you know, a small wound or a cut or abrasion. 
they're bleeding out in Austin, Texas uh, from the police force. Um, according to the Austin American Statesman, um, it says that uh, the Open Society Policy Center, which we know is the uh, is the uh, love child of uh, one George Soros here. He looks really sad in this photo, but uh, I'm pretty sure he deserves it. He's probably like looking back on my life, thinking about all of the pain that I caused people. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he's sad. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe someone rescued the puppy he put in the middle of the road. And <laughs> that's why he's sad. I don't know. But um, uh, anyways, so Austin American Statesman says that the Open Society Policy Center, uh, again, one of Soros's advocacy arms, uh, gave uh, half a million dollars to Equity Austin, which opposes Proposition A. Um, the proposition is going to be on the November ballot again. Um, and uh, it is also... Also, it is being openly opposed by the mayor of Austin, Steve Adler, as well as a uh, council member, Greg Kassar, and the city's numerous progressive activist groups who each pushed for the $150 million office police department budget cut and redirection last year. So uh, Soros was involved in that as well. Now, uh, here's a here's a few more people to be concerned about. This man here, uh, that's a man by the name of Jose Garza. Okay, now uh, Jose Garza is um, going in to be Travis County District Attorney. Okay, and uh, Soros um, Soros has also uh, funded this man here. He pumped six hundred and fifty thousand dollars into Jose Garza's insurgent bid for the district attorney position in Travis County, going up against um, a, a traditional Democrat, Margaret Moore. Oh, so, it, I mean, I don't know who would be, I don't know how it, it would work for Austin. You got, you got a traditional Democrat, whatever that means nowadays, right? And then you got this Yahoo, probably progressive, um, Jose Garza being funded by Soros. I mean, it's like uh, the lesser of two evils. I mean, uh, uh, perhaps Jose Garza puts uh, Margaret Moore, you know, um, further right than she would like to be, you know. Um, but uh, he's campaigned on a platform of increasing prosecution of officer misconduct. So he's he's already going in there as an enemy of the force and also encouraging more frequent use of personal reconnaissance bonds on accused offenders of most crimes. Uh, so already there's a bad taste in the mouth with this guy. Um, also, this man here, that is, um, that is um, Chief, uh, Police Chief uh, Joseph Chacon. Now, uh, he was actually the acting chief of uh, the police department, um, an interim, if you want to call him that. Um, but uh, he's recently taken up the mantle of police chief in Austin permanently. And uh, Chacon has said that he is neutral on the issue of uh, police funding, which I find hard to believe that uh, someone who's actually at the head of the force would not have an opinion otherwise, whether or not they receive more staffing and assistance financially for the department to grow and stay strong. Um, there have been several uh, statements um, from, uh, again, Mayor Adler and also uh, the Austin Justice Coalition 
which is one of the progressive organizations driving policy change in the city that indicates that uh, police chief Chacon is privately opposed to Proposition A. So these guys are working to destroy themselves, it seems, over in the city of Austin. And uh, they don't uh, they don't support funding. He doesn't support funding his own department. It just that it just blows my mind. Like, what are you going to do, Police Chief Chacon? You going to patrol the streets by yourself or what? Like, uh, I'd like to see that. I would like to see that. And then finally, we have uh, the Austin Fire Department. Now, this one really strikes me as something uh, I tell you guys for, I don't know, what was it? At least five years you know, um, every um, every Memorial Day for the 9-11 um, false flag terrorist attacks, uh, I, I made these guys breakfast, went over there every year for five years about, um, it was part of a community volunteer thing. I think it was like, what was it called? Um, remember our heroes? Or, I cannot remember what the name of it was, but we'd go make them breakfast and, you know, thank them for, you know, being first responders and also for, uh, you know, um, going out and uh, protecting us and, and, you know, protecting the city. But now the Austin fire, um, the Austin, um, um, uh, the Austin, uh, what do you call it? Um, Firefighters Association over there in Austin. They also oppose Proposition A. And this has nothing to do with them. Just about, you know, well, I mean, honestly, the uh, some police officers would go and, and, you know, eat some of that breakfast with the firefighters. But that was perfectly fine. They're first responders, too. Right. Anyhow, so the uh, Austin Firefighters Association also supports uh, that uh, Yahoo Jose Garza's candidacy as a Travis County DA. And, uh, you know, they oppose uh, they oppose Proposition A because they think it's going to take funding away from other activities and departments. Um, I guess not regarding, uh, you know, specific allocations and uh, percentages of money in the budget. Uh, another interesting that uh, interesting thing that uh, the um, uh, Austin Firefighters Association opposed was the homeless camping ban that they had back in May, and that was during you know the May uh, the May voting season there in the city. And you would think uh, that they would uh, oppose something like that. Um, it'd be less work for them if they didn't have to go. Uh, clean up, you know, the uh, ODs and uh, the, you know, small bonfires these homeless people are setting up wherever it is that they go. Uh, but they opposed it too. So I guess, uh, I guess that's why they say, ladies and gentlemen, it is our job to uh, clean up our backyards because uh, look at what's happening when it runs rampant with, uh, you know, this uh, bleeding heart, uh, you know, progressivism and liberalism. That's really just, uh, it's just, a, it's a weird ploy to, uh, disempower the people, uh, make them less safe and no telling what they're doing with all of the, the extra funding uh, on the side. Uh, you know, we don't uh, we don't know where that money's really going, uh, but it's not going into serving and protecting and it's not going into taking care of the community. That's for sure. Um, that is for sure. Uh, fortunately for Proposition A, there is an organization called Save Austin Now. And uh, Save Austin Now, uh, they are the ones who uh, are behind getting Proposition A onto the ballot. Um, the co-founders, Matt Makowiak and Cleo Petrasek, said in a statement that uh, massive out-of-state funding for our opponents show two things. That Austin donors won't fund the anti-Prop A campaign, which is good. 
and that the stakes in this effort to restore public safety to Austin could not be higher. And uh, they also said uh, that they are getting uh, they're they are going to fight twice as hard and hope that the supporters will also back them up. After Save Austin uh, now published an open letter to the Austin firefighters uh, disputing the association's claims that uh, Proposition A's passage would affect other services, um, which is also something that Mayor Adler has claimed. I guess he doesn't pay attention to uh, allocations in the budget either. Um, The Austin Fire Association uh, President Bob Nix accused Save Austin now of trying to manipulate their firefighters, their members. Now, Soros's entry is a financial boon to the opponents of Proposition A, and it is sure not to be the only outside money flowing in. That's the kind of thing that's got to stop. I mean, it's got to stop at the federal level of elections, and it has definitely got to stop at the local. You know, uh, you know, it's like stay in your own lane. And one of these days, I, uh, I hope and pray, I feel. We might get it right, uh, but that's going to take uh, that's going to take a lot of work on our part, and um, that's also going to take uh, those uh, being elected into office with integrity, and the constituents uh, aware and active enough to hold them accountable. All right, and they got they've got one month left uh, to try and get Prop A through. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, spread it wide and far if you are over in the Travis County area, the Austin area, uh, this is something that uh, most definitely uh, should be considered. Most definitely. And what we got here? Uh, Lynn RC7 says, audit Austin. They should. They should. Uh, somehow I feel like there was an audit going on of, uh, I think, one of those departments over there regarding the, um, the homelessness issue. And uh, indeed, it was found there that uh, money was not going where it was supposed to be going. Good evening or good evening. Why do I keep saying good evening? Good afternoon. The speak uneasy. How are you doing, sir? Welcome into the chat. Good to see you, friend. Uh, Glad to have you in the uh, chat room with us all. And uh, we're hanging out here and seeing what we got. Texas side and good afternoon. Laura, uh, deplora Laura over there at Twitch. Good to see you. Hey, hey, finally, my grandkids are gone. So I can hear you now. LOL. Hello, Mr. C. Hello, hello, deplora Laura. Thank you, thank you for joining us and keeping the light on over there in Twitch. What do we got next for you guys? Let's see. Uh, what's up? What's up? Okay, now now we can talk about this. Let me see. We can go to uh, this. This is official Texas legislature business. So let's get the Capitol on the screen. Uh-huh. I kind of like that. <laughs> Anywhere we go in Texas, I will take you there. Uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about this um, um, election audit, guys. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of you all heard about uh, this uh, forensic audit that uh, is going to be occurring in the state of Texas. Apparently, some of this audit's already halfway done or completed, which is quite interesting to me. But uh, there is a sound reasoning for that, I guess you could say now. What kicked this off for Texas? Because as you guys know, um, Steve Toth, uh, who's a representative um, in the Texas uh, governing uh, lawmakers body, he actually introduced a bill about um, um, having a full forensic audit in our state of Texas. Um, That bill, of course, uh, did not get paid any mind to during the uh, regular session. And then here we are now in the third special session 
and uh, election integrity uh, ideas have really not been at the forefront of um, our lawmakers' uh, purview. In fact, uh, there was a um, there was an election integrity bill during the second session that actually made it uh, past the Senate. And when it went into the House, uh, Governor Abbott there ended the second session early. So it never had a chance to be deliberated or, you know, um, uh, revamped or written in the House. And it never had a chance to make it to the floor and go to the governor's desk. Uh, my question, of course, here is, Governor Abbott, why would you end the second session early? I mean, everything had a late start to begin with because the Democrats were on the lamb for like, what, 30 something days, you know, pretty much throughout the entire first session before they came back in. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big a big question there to ask. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, the likes of Governor Abbott hopes that uh, we don't pay attention to that. Uh, but in regards to um, the um, audit that's now at the forefront of the state of Texas, uh, we had a letter come through from President Trump to Governor Abbott. Let's see what it had to say. It says, um, Dear Governor Abbott, despite my big win in Texas, I hear Texans want an election audit. You know your fellow Texans have big questions about the November 2020 election. Bills to audit elections in your great state's House and Senate were considered during Texas' second special session. Instead, the legislature passed a watered-down amendment that doesn't even apply to the 2020 presidential election. This short amendment does not answer the questions Texans have about the last election. Texans demand a real audit to completely address their concerns. We need House Bill 16, which was just filed in the third special session. This legislation specifically addresses the 2020 presidential election and enables audits for future elections. The bill creates a process for candidates and party chairs to initiate an audit and uses the same language as Senate Bill 97, which already passed the Texas State Senate, but did not have enough time to make it through the House during the second special session. Texas needs you to act now. Your third special session is the perfect and uh, maybe last opportunity to pass this audit bill. Time is running out. Paper ballots in your state are only kept for 22 months after the election. Your citizens don't trust the election system and they want your leadership on this issue, which is the number one thing they care about. It is their most important issue. One that will um, one that will affect 2022 and 2024. Governor Abbott, we need a forensic audit of the 2020 election added to the call. We're quickly running out of time and it must be done this week. Texans know voting fraud occurred in some of their counties. Uh, let's go to let's get to the bottom of the 2020 presidential election scam. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was the um, letter issued from the desk of President Trump. And so um, right out the bat, guys, um, within a few hours of uh, them receiving this letter, uh, the, uh, the acting Secretary of State, uh, this is number six, um, who's actually not officially the Secretary of State. It's actually someone in the interim while they locate another Secretary of State. Uh, come on, Texas, get it together. We need to have a permanent type of secretary of state, you know, term wise speaking, who can be held accountable. 
<clears throat> and won't be held to task after they've left office. Uh, so what is up with that? You know, I'm really curious. I'm going to really start having to poke around on that issue because it is not acceptable. Um, but uh, within a few hours of receiving this letter, uh, the um, Texas Secretary of State acting um, informed, Amer informed Texans that they indeed would be performing an audit um, of the uh, 2020 general election. Uh, and these will be specifically in uh, the Texas counties of Dallas County, Harris County, Tarrant and Collin County, uh, which are the two um, most populous Republican and Democrat counties. Um, so they're, they're inspecting the highest, um, you know, populated counties that are either, you know, red or blue, to be fair, I guess you could say. And uh, they're saying that it will be a full and comprehensive forensic audit. Now, here's something that's very interesting to note. And here's something that I think Texans might be interested to know, particularly those who have been following the uh, forensic audit of the state of Arizona in Maricopa County. And also uh, for those of you who follow how these uh, election audits tend to go, you know, they have uh, they have a state agency or they have a federal agency um, typically come in to audit their own work or they'll have the secretary of state's office audit. It's their own work, you know, as the secretary of state is a, uh, the designated um, official that is over state elections, they're auditing their own work. Um, to me, that is not a good thing. That is not something that should be accepted, you know, to have an in-house audit of one's own work or to go to an agency that may not even, uh, you know, care to perform an audit in such a way. So uh, the Texas state legislature will not be hiring a private contractor to run this election audit. It's not happening. Um, they will um, they will again uh, be uh, be working the audit out of the Secretary of State's office, um, and that's the way that they're going to do it. Uh, now, a spokesperson for the Secretary of State's office by the name of Sam Taylor confirmed in a statement shared with uh, publication The Hill on Wednesday that it would not be hiring or contracting with an outside firm to conduct these audits. And again, uh, one of the reasons for that is because of all of the scrutiny that uh, that um, Arizona went um, through in regards to uh, having the cyber ninjas outside third party auditor contracted to perform that forensic audit. And of course, everyone is still running away with the bold-faced lie uh, that the audit proved nothing. Um, but um, I mean, I guess that is uh, that is the way that goes uh, at this point. Let's see what uh, the uh, audit, the forensic audit of Texas will entail. <clears throat> Let me see. I think I have the. Uh, uh, here we go. Uh, let's pull that up. And uh, howdy, howdy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see, Plant Patriot, good afternoon. Welcome in. Uh, Gatorman9611, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for stopping by and enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, <laughs> MonkeyToe71 says, Mr. C, the dome in the background looks like you, <laughs> looks like you wearing a very strange hat <laughs> for the... <laughs> For the um, uh, for the podcast listeners out there, I've got a uh, a photo of the Texas State Capitol behind me. Anyways, if you want to check it out, you got to check out the live stream or the replays. I think that's the best way to do it. 
and then uh, you'll know what we are often laughing at or making fun of, uh, visually speaking anyways, uh, during our shows. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, and 123SKJ, we're going to get to Harris County in just a sec. Don't you worry. Um, let's see here. So, and, and Harris County is part of uh, the audit, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just named off those, uh, those counties. Uh, that is Dallas, Harris, Tarrant, and Collin, once again. Um, so it says here in this regards, uh, the Texas Secretary of State's office has announced a full forensic audit of the 2020 general election in Dallas, Harris, Tarrant, and Collin counties. The full forensic audit is being conducted in two phases, uh, the first of which is already underway. Okay, And then it says the purpose of this audit is to ensure all Texas voters can have confidence in the election system in our state and to address any outstanding issues county election officials may face that undermine the integrity of our elections. So phase one, guys, testing voting machines, accuracy, cybersecurity assessments, and identifying and removing ineligible voters who cast ballots in 2020. Again, this is already underway or it is already completed. Uh, that kind of struck me as something that was very, uh, I don't know, something was weird about that to me, but uh, apparently in Texas state law, um, uh, all, all municipalities, all precincts, all, all counties, election officials are required to actually do a cybersecurity assessment within 72 hours of the, um, of the election's close. So that would account for why this portion of the audit is already completed or underway. Um, I still have questions in that regard, but getting back to the details... It says, uh, after every single Texas election, counties are required to conduct a partial manual count of electronic voting system ballots within 72 hours of the polls closing to ensure the accuracy of the tabulation of electronic voting systems results. Now, that's the part that I really kind of uh, uh, really kind of like sets me off there, because, again, this is a full forensic audit, according to what the secretary of state is saying, but yet all they do is a partial manual count of electronic voting system ballots, meaning uh, they pick up a small percentage of um, the images of these, elect of these ballots, that's electronic voting system ballots, and uh, they do a count of that. I don't see how that... Um, covers the scope of a full forensic audit when we're talking about, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing your due diligence and ensuring that all aspects measure up, which means uh, you need to look at those, uh, you need to look at those ballot images, you need to run them against the actual paper ballots, you need to do all of that. And that right here tells me that this is not going to be a full forensic audit. And uh, call me a purist or call me anal, whichever one you want to call it. But uh, I think uh, Texans deserve better than a partial manual count of electronic ballots. OK, I think that they deserve to have all ballots in the county that were up for uh, tabulation to be uh, securely audited um, and looked at in comparison. Uh, so that's one of my complaints on this. I don't see this as being a full forensic audit if they allow that to stand or if that satisfies their needs, okay? Because they can just pick up any uh, any batch of these electronic images and count them against the official count. I mean, that makes no sense. That That's exactly like, uh, you know, MSM and, uh, you know, the lamestream fake news legacy media uh, saying that uh, the Maricopa County uh, audit or the Maricopa County uh, count uh, was proven 
during the election when it's just a count. And yes, it was uh, quite similar, but uh, they're not accounting for all the fraud that was found in all of those ballots. It's, it's not the same thing. Anyways, uh, next point here, all counties are required to undergo an election security assessment, ESA, of the county's election systems. All 254 counties have completed these assessments. So what is that included in uh, the ESA? Um, if I open this little link here and I don't see any kind of wording to the effect that they're going to be checking routers, they're going to be checking whether or not there's internet connectivity, I don't think that, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't think that that's satisfactory. You know, um, does it mean that they just turn the machines on and off? They drop them from a building, you know, uh, to make sure they still work. Uh, they run some paper through there to make sure it doesn't get crumpled. What does that mean? Okay. Um, but uh, this is a section here about the cybersecurity. Let's see here. It says, uh, the Secretary of State shall offer training on best practices, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see here. Uh, if the Secretary of State becomes aware of a breach of cybersecurity that impacts election data, the Secretary shall immediately notify members of a committee. Okay. Uh, so I'm not seeing anything in here that talks about, I need a definition of what the cybersecurity uh, inspection does. And it does not say here anything other than a breach. Okay. A breach of cybersecurity. What does that mean? And again, are we looking at machines that are, um, you know, connected to the internet? Are we looking at routers to figure out where this data is coming and going to, coming from and going to? Uh, those are all questions that need to be answered. And uh, these are the type of assessments that we were seeing over at the full forensic audit, a genuine one over in Maricopa County, and we're not getting it here in the state of Texas. And this is supposed to satisfy us. All right, next point, it says, uh, under both state and federal law, the Texas Secretary of State's office is empowered to maintain the accuracy of statewide voter registration list to ensure that ineligible voters, including deceased individuals, individuals registered in multiple states or counties and non-US citizens do not remain on the voter rolls, okay? And as part of the audit process, the office has received reports from the Electronic Registration Information Center regarding voters who may have voted twice in state and across state lines. We have also received a report of persons who may have been deceased when a vote was cast in their name. Finally, we have identified potential non-United States citizen voters and have directed county voter registrars to take action to verify the eligibility of registered voters and cancel their registration if they do not present proof of eligibility. Uh, once that action has been taken, our office evaluates the persons canceled and refers any instances of possible illegal voting to the office of the Te uh, Texas Attorney General for investigation. Okay, again, right here, guys, this is another thing. This is another reason why we are not getting a full genuine forensic audit of the state of Texas, because both of these points bring up a really good point in my mind. Now, in Dallas County and in Harris County, they were running 24-hour um, um, uh, voter drop boxes. They were, uh, and I believe in, I, I want to say it was in Dallas, but uh, don't quote me. Um, they, uh, they had uh, an instance where they were mailing out ballots uh, to people who had not requested them. Okay, like, you know, those universal mail-out ballots to everyone on your list. We need a canvas of these counties, ladies and gentlemen. We need a canvas, okay, just like they did in Maricopa, that will confirm 
the uh, the people who voted in their respective domiciles in their homes. Okay, we don't need none. I mean, and then also in regards to point uh, B here, uh, when we're talking about deceased people voting, non-United States registered, uh, non-United States citizens voting, and also people who live in multiple counties, um, what what what's gonna what's gonna be the consequence of that you know taking place? We don't uh, we don't have them. Uh, what what are they gonna change the uh, the general election tally? Uh, uh, are they gonna are they gonna face any other type of consequence other than what you know um, uh, getting a slap on the hand? Now to be sure, uh, the state of Texas is probably one uh, is probably one of the leading, if not the leading, state when it comes to prosecuting um, election fraud and voter fraud. We had over 500 cases where people were charged by Attorney General Paxton uh, with about 300 more under investigation last I checked those numbers. So yeah, a voter fraud does happen. Election fraud does occur. Never let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, but at the same time, how is that going to impact uh, what has already been done? You know, And that's why I'm saying, again, this is not a full forensic audit. I think this is just to appease, uh, appease the, uh, um, you know, the uh, half awake uh, conservative or Republican, uh, perhaps to, um, uh, you know, uh, disturb or upset the left leaning liberal. Um, but uh, it's most definitely uh, to save face for Governor Abbott and the current Texas lawmakers, uh, because they are up for reelection, you know, next year in 2022. And uh, they need to look as shiny and as, you know, sin-free as possible in the eyes of Texas voters. But uh, trust me, Governor Abbott and current lawmakers, the eyes of Texas are upon you. And we will be watching because this is not a full forensic audit. Uh, you know, this was uh, Governor Abbott saying, oh, snap, uh, President Trump endorsed me and now he's calling in a favor. Um, he's going to fail the president of the United States of America in the end if this audit does not take on a more in-depth and extreme measure of investigation. That is for damn sure. Um, we got, we, you know, they, they, Arizona led the charge here, guys. We know what they did in order to get that audit done completely, thoroughly. Um, and uh, we need to see the same types of actions taking place here in our state if they really want to call this a full-on forensic audit, because this is not a full forensic audit. It is not a full forensic audit. This is a partial audit, and it does not even seem like it is forensic, but uh, according to some people's definitions, it is. Uh, real quick, we'll go through the second part. So that was phase one, right? And again, they're not looking at the ballots. According to the Secretary of State's office, the only way that they will actually pick up the ballots and they will actually do a physical inspection is if they find uh, if they find discrepancies within this uh, first investigation um, that are so bad that they have to, you know, a, a physical a physical ba ballot audit is uh, triggered. Okay, so again, this is not a full forensic audit. This is lip service. This is uh, this is just uh, this is artificial artificial audit. This is a fraud, it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is exactly what they were doing in all the other states. Exactly what they were doing. Okay, so uh, this is the second phase of the uh, audit that they're calling a full-on forensic, and uh, this is going to take place in the spring of 2022. Okay, so they're not even going to be working. Uh, consecutively and consistently on this thing. 
they're not starting this until next year. Um, and uh, this is the Comprehensive Election Records Examination. Uh, as part of the Texas Secretary of State's duties to assist and advise all election authorities with regard to the application operation and interpretation of the Texas Election Code, and to obtain and maintain uniformity in the application of the code, the office will conduct a comprehensive election records examination over the next several months to ensure the election administration procedures were properly followed during the 2020 general election. Uh, the records examined from each county will include, but are not limited to, um, the following types, uh, logic and accuracy testing records for voting machines. That means they're going to look at uh, test ballots, they're going to look at test decks and testing media. Uh, early voting and election day materials, uh, registered voters, um, they want a list of registered voters, uh, daily early voting ro uh, rosters for in-person voting, chain of custody forms that document the seals on the ballots, chain of custody delivery and pickup of equipment and voting sites. Okay, look, they're not, it, this doesn't tell me they're looking for chain of custody of ballot delivery when we have a 24 hour, uh, you know, uh, uh, drop off as you will, um, um, voting boxes, uh, you know, in, in multiple counties, you know, not just, uh, it wasn't just in one place. They were doing it in Harris. They were doing it up in Dallas area. They were doing it in other smaller counties that are, um, primarily democratic, which you don't find a lot of, but they are there. Uh, they want statements of residents, uh, reasonable impediments, uh, declarations, limited ballot applications, audit logs from applicable, applicable voting system devices, uh, lists of rejected provisional ballots and the reasons for their rejection, ballot and seal certif certif certificates, hand delivery of a ballot by mail roster and forms, um, receipt of sealed early voting ballot boxes, uh, signature verification committee materials, um, I won't go through that, and uh, training materials. County election officials must retain these records for 20 22 months under both federal law and state law. All of this information is available to the general public. And uh, this last bit down here says, after a thorough examination of the above mentioned records and materials in each county, irregularities or deviations from election administration procedures that may have um, affected the accuracy of the electronic voting system ballot count could trigger a full manual recount of ballots in the affected precincts or polling locations pursuant to the Secretary of State's authority. So, all right, guys, I know that was a mouthful, but we got through it. Um, and that is uh, that is the plan right there. That is the plan that they have for this audit in Texas. Like I said, I think, I believe that it's missing some key components. Nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, you got to love our president. <laughs> uh, he released this statement. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh, President Trump. Uh, he says, uh, just heard patriots are moving the Texas audit bill forward. Texas State Senator Paul Bettencourt filed Senate Bill 47, legislation that authorizes Texans to initiate a strong and real forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam, not a weak risk-limiting audit that is being slow-walked through Secretary of State's office. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, a great guy, sent the bill to the State Affairs Committee the very same day, and it should quickly pass through the Senate. There's still some time for the House to take up the issue in the third session with House Bill 16. Of course, guys, that is uh, providing that uh, Governor Abbott does not end this session early. Um, he says, uh, President Trump says, I'd like to thank uh, Dan and Paul. 
for their bold leadership and um, for not lis- uh, and for listening to Texans who are demanding answers about November 3rd. Everyone feels certain Governor Abbott will follow suit. This will have a big impact on the upcoming 2022 and 2024 elections in Texas. Texas will always be red, but we must uh, stop cheating. Uh, Keep it up and get this bill over the finish line. Passing the audit bill will be a big win for Texas. Let's make sure the great people of Texas believe and trust their elections. God bless President Trump. God bless. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Wrong one. Um, okay, so, <laughs> you know, it's moments like these. Uh, but that's what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen, for the lack of uh, oversight or, you know, uh, it looks good on paper, but is it what it says that it is? And there's another story about that that we're going to show uh, share with you guys before we uh, take off for the day. Um <sighs> It, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, the Texas um, body of lawmakers, um, you know, up on up in the Capitol is such a charade. Um, it is it is a very well manufactured and manicured presentation of what they want you to believe in order for us to basically be um, to be to be lulled into uh, believing that they are actually doing their job. Everything, everything from what I understand up there is tailor-made from who will introduce the bill to uh, how far the bill will make it to um, who will kill the bill and how it will kill the bill. So this way you can get some representatives that look good, kind of kind of like what we saw with the NDAA 2022, right, in regards to these red, uh, red, um, uh, red flag gun laws. Oh, oh, well, uh, um, as your Republican representative, um, I oppose the red flag gun laws, but I'm going to vote yes for this bill because we have it on, you know, very good word that they're going to kill it in the Senate. What's up with that, right? So that's what it is, is what I'm ta- talking about as an example of the kind of um, show that they put on. And that they know, they know exactly the lifespan of that bill and whether or not it will make it to the floor, whether or not the speaker will allow it, um, whether or not it will remain in committee. They know all of that apparently is pre-planned. And um, that's why it's up to us to be full on aware of the shenanigans and what's going on in our own backyard. Uh, But, you know, also uh, to hold them accountable and to call them to task. Uh, when this type of issue comes up. So, you know, God bless President Trump, but, um, uh, you know, it, it's this is not what it seems like. And, um, you know, I, it's, uh, I, I mean, it's, he's got a big heart. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. Um, it looks like Texas is moving on it. It looks really good for respect of, you know, the office. It looks really good for Texas, but it's not what they say it is. It's not what we need in order to prove, um, you know, any type of fraud in our state. And we know, ladies and gentlemen, that there was most definitely fraud occurring here in the state of Texas during the 2022, 2020 general election. Uh, let me see here. Um, okay, and we're going to move along on this topic, but uh, there is one issue that just popped into my mind that I forgot. Um, here's another reason why. Okay, and I'm going to, uh, 
I'm going to just bring this one up onto the screen because I did not have this on the I did not not have this on the menu for today. Uh, but in regards to uh, you know election fraud and uh, you know money coming in from outside areas, etc., we had this issue also. Um, let me see here. Uh, let me move along from there. Okay, good. Uh, we had this issue also. Okay. So uh, not in my notes. I'm just going to bring it on stage. Oh, you, you guys recognize that fool? <laughs> yeah, that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is uh, San Benito News. Okay. Now here's something a lot of people may not have known. This is uh, from October 2020, a year ago. Actually, October 2nd, 2020, a year ago to the day this article was written. Arnold Schwarzenegger donates $250,000 for a county election in Texas, in Cameron County, uh, Brownsville, a celebrity surprised officials during Tuesday's Cameron County Commissioner's Court virtual regular meeting. Former actor and ex-California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger appeared, appeared briefly at the Zoom meeting to discuss a county's elections office grant. Schwarzenegger dropped in during the public comments sections of the commissioner's meeting to declare Cameron County as the first recipient of the University of South Carolina Schwarzenegger Institute for State and Global Policy Grant. Like, really? Really? Yeah, this is something that uh, we needed to know about because this is a la Zuckerberg and the Zuckerbucks via his uh, Center for Tech and Civic Life, uh, you know, a nonprofit that funneled like $5.5 million into United States elections. Well, Schwarzenegger's uh, getting in on this fun too. I'm sorry, it's really uh, low visibility there. Okay, there we go. Uh, it says, um, it says uh, here, according to Schwarzenegger, the grant totals $250,973 and will be dedicated to the county's voter access and polling operations, two super center sites to handle 20 to 24,000 voters. Um, Schwarzenegger said, you know, so many people are out there talking about and inspiring people to go out and vote. And I said, that is all great. But if you don't have the ability to vote, it makes it very difficult. Uh, so let's open up more of the centers. Yeah, man, it's not a tumor. It's not fraud. The actor turned governor stressed that this grant aims to help areas where polling stations have or are in danger of closing down because of financial reasons, saying he is a fan of getting people to participate in the democratic process, the Brownsville Event Center and Harlingen Convention Center will be hosting the super centers, which will potentially feature drive-through and or curbside voting, according to a press release from County Judge Eddie Trevino Jr., and uh, they just go on there to talk about, lastly, Judge Trevino extended Schwarzenegger an invitation to visit Cameron County when the pandemic is over, which he accepted. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if uh, Arnold makes his way down, right? Uh, but check this out, guys. Cameron County in Brownsville, that's border town, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Arlingen and Brownsville are on the border, okay? So why do you think they need all of these super centers opening up on the border to help process voters. And why of all the places would this uh, Schwarzenegger grant come to a little old Brown, uh, you know, uh, Cameron County, Texas? Makes no sense, right? I mean, why not Austin? Why not Dallas? Why not Houston? Why would he choose to fund 
a border county area for processing voters. Could it possibly be because of the major influx of non-U.S. citizens who will be participating in the general election in 2020? I don't know, but I think that, uh, you know, if the shoe fits, you know, it, it kind of seems like that was the strategy there. And so uh, Cameron County reaped the reward of uh, 250 plus thousand dollars in the 2020 general election. And uh, I, me thinks that's something that should be investigated because uh, psh, hadn't even heard about this until recently. And uh, I'm glad I remembered that being these election audits, uh, everything, the, the integrity. Yeah, it, it triggered it in my mind. So I'm glad it did. But there's that story, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, thank you all for tuning in again. I hope you're enjoying uh, today's show and the information we're sharing with you. Uh, 123 SKG, thank you for gifting the phone over there at the foxhole.app and pill.net. And Henry4570, good afternoon, sir. And thank you for gifting the can. Veronique, uh, good evening, uh, good afternoon. Sean Joe, good to see you, my friend. Uh, I just got here, thought that dome behind Mr. C was a hat at first. Yeah. <laughs> I might have a different picture of the Capitol. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I didn't consider, I didn't consider the optics, uh, whenever I chose this, uh, whenever I chose this, uh, image and then Tam Grail, good evening is in the house as well. She says, uh, see, get onto that one, investigate before it's too late. Yep. 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 We're sniffing it out. We're sniffing it out. Uh, that one's crazy. Don S. Good afternoon. Good to see you, my friend, in the uh, chats. And uh, okay, I think uh, I think we're good in that regard. Uh, let's see what we got next for you guys. Uh, okay, now we're going to talk about Harris County in regards to these election audits. Uh, I was asked in the uh, audience today, uh, what about Harris County? Well, indeed, Harris County is already coming into play, uh, as you might have guessed it, as one of the uh, um, primary uh, Democrat regions of the state. Um, the Democrats are pushing back against this election audit. Um, pictured here is one uh, county judge, uh, Lena Hildalgo. Okay, now um, according to uh, what's going on in Harris County. Um, it seems that the Harris County Commissioner's Court passed a resolution this past Tuesday uh, that vehemently opposed the state's efforts to audit their county for the 2020 general election. And um, they are directing the county attorney to contest any audit efforts. Uh, Harris County Commissioner's Court passed this in a three to two vote. And those votes indeed were along party lines. Now, um, the, um, the, um, the resolution to oppose the audits uh, was introduced by County Judge Lena Hidalgo, Democrat. Um, and uh, sh the resolution asserts that the election fraud across the country is increasingly rare. Okay, this idiot says that election fraud is increasingly rare when we have 500 cases prosecuted in your own state and 300 more under investigation. I mean, it was some, it was, it was probably near a thousand. That's a lot in one state. I mean, Texas is a big state, but come on. Uh, uh, it was Arizona had two, you know, uh, they had what a few up in uh, Michigan that were found 500 prosecuted, 500 prosecuted. So saith A.G. Paxton. And yet this woman seems to think it's rare when uh, you have that many in your own backyard, clearly across the country, it's rare, right? Hidalgo. 
Um, the document approved by commissioner's court refers to the audit as a part of an effort to chill participation and shatter the public's confidence in the electoral process. So saith Judge Hidalgo. Uh, she says it is an irresponsible political trick. Okay. And it's a sham. And it is a cavalier and dangerous assault on voters and on democracy. I don't know. Harris County had them 24-hour voting centers and uh, drop boxes galore. Uh, uh, you know, as I'm sure they also received some of that Zuckerbuck money. So she's going to do everything in her power to stop it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she's aware of some of the fraud. Maybe she had a hand in supporting it. You know, why are they fighting it so bad, right? Why do they not want truth? to come out? And, and why don't they want their constituents to rest assured that uh, there is integrity for elections in our state? It makes no sense. Um, Hidalgo and other Texas Democrats have accused Governor Abbott of bowing to the pressure of President Trump to audit elections. Um, but again, Abbott has said, and as we just saw through the uh, documentation that we reviewed, um, this uh, audit has already begun. You know, uh, not to my satisfaction. Uh, you had Commissioner Rodney Ellis, who is um, uh, in Precinct One. Uh, he voiced his concerns over this, uh, over the price that taxpayers would have to pay, because um, um, apparently Rodney Ellis does not get past the headline, and uh, he's falling back on reports news reports that indicated uh, the uh, forensic audit in Maricopa County cost as much as $6 million in total. And he's worried that uh, the taxpayers of Harris County just can't foot that bill. Well, uh, Rodney, I mean, if you were really as aware and awake about your position in city politics, indeed, if you had any care at all about what's going on, you would know for a fact that uh, Maricopa County did not pay $6 million. I think they got what? 150K in or from the county itself, from the state itself to fund that audit. And uh, everything else came from uh, independent Americans, not out of country sources, right? Not, not, uh, not, not anyone's pocket from outside of America. It was all here. It was all grassroots, you know, and, you know, with the boon from, uh, you know, maybe a billionaire or a millionaire or two. I'm thinking of Patrick Byrne there because he put in a lot of money too. Um, so uh, let me see here. Uh, what else do we got? Um, uh, the two Republican commissioners who voted uh, against this resolution uh, feel that uh, it's wrong to characterize this audit as being merely political. Um, and uh, indeed, you know, it's all about uh, giving our constituencies uh, constituents the proof, the facts, the receipts that our elections are secure. Now, um, appointed elections administrator, um, this is this is an office, um, the appointed elections administrator, uh, uh, she who occupies this office at this time, her name is Isabel Longoria. Uh, she said that she had not received any information for or additional requests from the Secretary of State in regards to the 2020 general election. Um, but she did say uh, that we're still talking about an old election that nobody cares about. Wow, Longoria, nobody cares about this old election. It's past, it's done, it's over with, it's history. No one cares, according to her. 
Um, and, and then she says she doesn't even think that the Secretary of State has the authority to do it. Do these people not know how uh, how state legislature works in our in our state, like how state government works, what the responsibilities are? I mean, this is just ridiculous. And it's very telling of who they have running business over there in Harris County. Um, Longoria took over operations of Harris County elections after the resignation of interim county clerk Chris Hollins following the 2020 general elections. You gotta wonder what's going on there. Why did Chris Hollins resign? Um, I believe if the story is accurate in my memory, there was some discrepancy there that he was being called out on and he resigned. Um, and uh, let's see here. So um, anyhow, uh, this Longoria individual informed commissioner's court on Tuesday that she would operate at least Okay, this is coming up, guys, for our November elections. She is going to operate at least six 24-hour polling locations during the November 2021 elections, and that she would also have a polling site within Harris County Jail on San Jacinto Street that would be available to both jail inmates and employees. Again, guys, this is what we're talking about, 24-hour polling locations and this is also in the face of um, Senate Bill 1, uh, which was the voter ele um, election integrity bill that was passed by the House and, and by the uh, by the House and the Senate um, by the state. You know, it was approved during the second special session. OK, and um, that does not take effect until December of this year, which means it will be illegal for them to have a 24 hour polling location after. After December 1, okay, which kind of makes me wonder if that's the whole reason why, again, because this this did not fly in the regular session and we had the Democrats opposing it. I mean, they, they were going to oppose it either way. Don't get me wrong. But all about timing and when bills can uh, go live or can be enacted or become official law, you know, day of. Um, it's all about timing, right? It's all about timing. Oh, needless to say, if you are in Harris County, uh, this um, sorry excuse for a judge, um, <clears throat> again, her name uh, being um, Lena Hidalgo, uh, she is up for re-election next year, and um, she already has a Republican opponent by the name of uh, Martina Lamond Dixon, uh, but that's just a little bit of fun there for you guys uh, to know about. She's up for re-election, so uh, they need to get her out. And that, again, ladies and gentlemen, is all about cleaning up our own backyard to get uh, these these miscreants, these treasonous Americans out of our um, out of our uh, out of our uh, body of government. OK, so that wraps up that. Oh, you know what I forgot to do, ladies and gentlemen? I forgot to put up uh, I forgot to put up this uh, beautiful image <laughs> that would have helped. Right. <laughs> of Houston. Harris County, right? So anyways, okay. Oh, well, the moment has passed. All right. So let's get on to our next story. This is the last story for today. Thank you again for tuning in to the uh, Lone Star News report uh, on this Saturday afternoon. Let me see. Do I have another? Oh, it appears I don't. It appears I don't. Okay. That's cool. We'll just go with good old, uh, we'll just go with the good old Lone Star flag. Okay. All right. Okay. So last story for today. And, uh, this story is about, uh, holding your, um, representatives accountable, right. And, uh, and being aware and active. I think this is a very good example. 
uh, this story here. Now, um, what we got going on here, and for those of you who are not aware of them by their face, uh, you have uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor Dan Patrick, the one that uh, President Trump called a good guy, right? You have, of course, Governor Abbott. And then uh, this joker here, that is uh, House Speaker Dade Phelan. Okay, so these are the top three dogs in Texas government at the moment. Keep in mind that all three of these dogs accepted thousands of dollars from a phar pharmaceutical company that creates and lobbies for, uh, you know, um, chemical changes to children's gender. Okay, these guys accepted money from a pharmaceutical company that creates these chemicals that doctors peddle to uh, parents who, uh, you know, um, pander to uh, their children's uh, um, gender identity, right? Because they want to be uh, Wonder Woman one day and they want to be Batman the next day. Oh, we got to get them a sex change. Anyways, that's kind of the reason why we're also not seeing this uh, chemical castration uh, and bill uh, who I, it does, boggles my mind that uh, Abbott here, uh, had to ask the Texas, um, you know, Health and Human Services Department uh, if that is considered child abuse. I mean, uh, what world, Abbott, do you live on that you have to ask that question? Uh, it seems to be something to me that you should already know, you know, uh, but I guess uh, that's politics for you, right? Um, so let's, uh, let's see what we got going on here. Now, uh, the reason why these three uh, dogs <laughs> are being uh, uh, pictured uh, is because when when the Texas um, um, lawmakers passed Senate Bill 1, and again, this was the election integrity bill, um, it seems that uh, they might have missed a very small, a very important detail. And uh, that was um, Amendment 50 to the bill. Okay, now in in this election integrity bill, which is meant to secure the elections and to uh, make it harder for people to uh, uh, commit fraud or to cheat um, on our elections, <laughs> Amendment 50, which they signed off on. In fact, Republicans, everyone across the board, it was I mean, obviously it wasn't across the board, but they signed off on it. Okay, they voted for it. Okay. Amendment 50 put a provision in the integrity bill that weakened the penalty for illegal voting in the state of Texas. So that now if you did some type of fraud or you illegally voted, that would no longer be considered a second degree felony. It went down to a class A misdemeanor. Okay. So counterintuitive to the entire process of securing and making our election uh, elections more integritous, they went ahead and said, well, if you are busted, it'll be a mis misdemeanor, class A, not a felony. Okay, so what is up with that, right? Okay, a weaker penalty for election law violations, okay, it is the exact opposite of what uh, we're looking for in regards to having stronger um, a stronger election security, okay? It, it's ridiculous. So basically what we had happening here is uh, we had a uh, grassroots organization who called them out and pressed the issue. Now, because of that, uh, because people were uh, holding them accountable, um, Abbott has actually put a... Uh, um, has uh, put in a legislative bill that would increase 
the uh, penalties for illegal voting that were reduced in the freshly passed law. It's ridiculous, right? Why do we have to do this? Okay, because I mean, uh, quite the fact here is, you know, um, A.G. Paxton read this bill. You know, the committee, uh, the committee on um, on this, they read the bill. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me let me get let me get every everywhere that this went through. Everyone who read this bill, okay, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Um, um, where, where do we have that here? Uh, the Attorney General's office they re they reviewed the bill. Uh, the Senate Conference Committee um, they accepted this amendment. Governor Abbott signed it. Um, Republican representatives read this and authorized it. Ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. It is quite ridiculous. So um, Governor Abbott um, on Thursday added this to the third session. Uh, legislation increasing penalties for illegal voting that were reduced in Senate Bill 1 that passed in the 87th legislature, second called special session. Um, Republican lawmakers, it is uh, important to note, have not offered any type of explanation as to why they agreed to the downgrade of penalties for voter fraud in the state of Texas in the first place. Uh, Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Dan Patrick here, he is um, all over it. Uh, he's backing up Abbott 100% uh, that they need to fix the bill. But uh, Speaker Phelan over here, um, he's actually trying to stop any attempts to prevent the weaker penalties for voter fraud to take effect. So one has to wonder what is up with uh, Speaker Dade Phelan and why does he not want to fix this problem? Uh, this is a statement from Speaker Phelan. He says, uh, SB1 passed during the second special session makes Texas elections safer and more secure. After two quorum breaks by a number of House Democrats, this important legislation made its way through the House after several thoughtful amendments were adopted. SB1 was then passed by the Senate after both chambers and the Office of the Attorney General thoroughly reviewed and weighed in on the bill. With much acclaim from elected officials and voters, Governor Greg Abbott then signed the bill into law. Now is not the time to relitigate. Instead, the House will remain focused on its constitutional obligation to pass redistricting maps and members look forward to fulfilling this critical task. So Phelan is going to put the brakes on this, it seems, as much as he is able to. And indeed, as the speaker, he's the one who allows these bills to get to the floor. Um, that is very troubling indeed, Republican speaker. Rhino, Dade, Phelan, they're all rhinos. I mean, they're all rhinos. They're all the good old boys. Uh, it's still here in the state of Texas, uh, well and alive. Uh, now, these two individuals that you see on the screen here, that is one, uh, uh, let's see here. That is, um, sorry, keep, uh, I got a, there we go, my, uh, my uh, OCD there. Um, that is um, a representative, um, <clears throat> a representative, uh, um, Mays Middleton of Wallsville, uh, Wallaceville, Texas, and also Senator Brian Hughes. Um, now, uh, these two uh, these two statesmen have already filed identical bills that will undo the legislature's unexplained decriminalization of illegal voting. Um, and uh, that okay, what what goes into this, guys, is illegal voting, voter fraud, whatever. It's a collection of offenses. Uh, it includes stealing votes, 
It includes doubling votes. It includes other forms of cheating. And um, it would no longer be, it's no longer a felony because of this past law, okay? It, it's no longer a felony, which means, hey, you're not going to serve heavy time. You're not even going to serve time, you know, like you're just going to get, you know, slapped with, you know, a fine. And I don't know, what would they send them to like uh, civil courses? I don't know. I mean, what, how would, what is the other recourse? Um, an offense under this section, um, the states, uh, states uh, Hughes and Middleton, um, is a felony of the second degree unless the person is convicted of an attempt. In that case, the offense is a state jail felony. Now, Hughes' bill, um, and Hughes is this uh, guy on the uh, left here. That's my left, your right. Um, his bill is already scheduled for a public hearing this upcoming Monday. And uh, we'll, see how, we'll see where that goes, okay? We'll see where that goes, but it needs to be fixed. And again, a great example of uh, you know, constituents of the people uh, being aware and holding it accountable because apparently all of these jokers voted for it um, and did not even consider what it was doing. I guess who knows what the reasoning behind it was. Uh, maybe they were gambling right with our uh, with um, our election integrity uh, like they seem to do. Now it was a grassroots America we the people, which is um, which is an advocate a conservative advocacy group here in Texas. They're the ones who caught this, okay? Not A.G. Paxton, not any of our representatives. No one caught it, but they caught it. And uh, let's see, that is headed up by um, a woman by the name of Joanne Fleming. Now, they were the first to call out this last-minute bait-and-switch in the bill. We're going we're gonna to strengthen the integrity of our elections, but we're going to decriminalize the, uh, or make the penalties um, less. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Fleming's group, uh, Grassroots America, We the People, uh, were the first to discover the last-minute change in Senate Bill 1, which was, of course, the comprehensive election reform um, bill passed during the second session that lowered the penalty of illegal voting from a second-degree felony to a Class A misdemeanor. Um, it is, after all, the exact opposite of what the uh, Texas GOP grassroots wants in election integrity. You know, it's ridiculous. Um, and so uh, they, they actually put them on blast. And uh, the whole thing here is there. I mean, the, the good question is, did you even read the bill before you approved it? Like, were you so uh, hard up to get it passed because uh, of the qu quorum break from the Democrats that you just went ahead and signed anything? Um, so, uh, again, this bill, um, it, it's called Senate Bill 9, which will restore the penalties um, for illegal voting in Texas, will be heard Monday at 9 a.m. Um, the Senate does not accept any public comments online. So if you want to call your uh, local senator uh, or you want to, you know, get a hold of the committee that does this, you would have to do that uh, by sending an email. Um, that's, um, let's see, I should have had that prepped to come on here. Uh, let me just do this real quick for you guys, and we will be completo for today. Um, that is, uh, okay, there's the address there, sc.state.affairs at senate.texas.gov, or you can call or contact your local Senate representative or senator, state senator. Um, and we have, uh, we have a lot of support for this, obviously, but here's the main point. It appears that Phelan will not allow the House to act on this issue. And in doing so, that means that uh, the weaker fraud penalties will go into effect on December 2nd, just in time for the 2022 
elections, which again, ladies and gentlemen, is quite ridiculous. Now we got to pay attention. We got to be aware and we got to hold them accountable. That's the way it seems that it will go. And it should be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this edition of Lone Star News. Glad to be back. I hope you didn't miss us too much while we were taking our two-week recess. <laughs> but it's been fun. Um, thank you all again for uh, joining us today on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's, it's a warm one out there. Uh, but again, uh, to all those in the house, what do we got here? Uh, let me just do a quick chat rundown from where we left off. Um, Mr. C, how many Americans go overseas and run for government office? None. Let's tell Arnold to go back to Austria and, uh, to, and give his charities to, uh-huh. I agree with that one. Those border towns, Ronnie. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jackson Lee territory. Yep. Harris County. You said it, uh, residents and, uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. Jackson Lee believes that uh, we have a secured and closed border. I don't know if you guys caught that story, right? Ridiculous. Uh, and that's in the face of this month alone, we're supposed to be expecting 400,000 400, more illegals to invade our country. I just, we're going to be, we're about up to what, a million? We're up to about a million with this 400 plus, over a million. That's, that's an entire new voting block, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, who also are not being, uh, you know, tested or vaccinated. It's ridiculous, guys. We are being invaded right now. We are being invaded. And uh, Pedo Jackson, I like to call her Pedo Jackson Lee, Sheila Jackson Lee, because uh, uh, you know, I have photos of her wearing the boy lover, you know, symbol jewelry that I'm sure she uh, got from a, uh, got from a, I don't know, a, probably a jewelry booth over there on uh, uh, Epstein Island, right? Little St. James, right? <laughs> They're like, get your pedo jewelry. And she was like, oh my, I got to get me one of these rings here. It's uh, it's bedazzled inner, inner, inner triangle boy lover symbols. Yeah, I got, I got a photo of it. So I call her pedo Jackson Lee. Uh, if you're new to the Mr. C channel or Mr. C TV, we tend to make up names, nicknames, for some of these people. Anyways, uh, yeah, Pedo Jackson Lee, that's her territory. Zucker boxes, Zucker boxes, that's right, the drop boxes. Now we have, uh, we have uh, what, Schwarzenegger boxes, right? And, and Schwarzenegger voting centers to process illegal votes. Mm -hmm. um, let's see here, uh, Patriot Game, welcome into the show. Uh, in the chat uh, says, judges use political tricks themselves. They absolutely do. We got to get them cleaned out. And uh, first things first, we got to get people to uh, oppose them, right? And to run that way. 17 angels with their 17 blessings. They're all guilty. I agree with you on that one, my friend. And uh, man, I tell you what, uh, thank you for gifting the can, uh, 17 angels. And also, um, let's see here. Maybe they lowered penalties because they were a part of the cheat. That's what I would suspect, Patriot Game, 100%. All right, guys, always in Texas. Good evening. Good to see you, sweetie. Hope you and the grand, uh, grand, grand kiddo there doing well this uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, Plant Patriot, good afternoon. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, uh, the relaunch of uh, Lone Star News here. We'll be back with more Texas news and current events next Saturday. Uh, we'll see. Um, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. I'm kind of bouncing between that. So we landed at 3.30 this afternoon. But uh, always check your local listings there at the foxhole.app or pill.net to see when we're going live. Uh, let me go ahead and release the uh, scratch in for those of you in uh, attendance today so you can get that scratch itched. 
And uh, thank you again for your gold pill donations. Again, we're uh, wrapping up um, our um, a fundraiser event over here at Mr. C Channel and Mr. C TV uh, that will go to support uh, my excursions to Las Vegas to cover the um, 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 uh, Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down happening October 22nd through the 25th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Deplora Laura, thanks for being in attendance tonight and uh, the Avenging Pineapple. <laughs> what do the Texas GOP have cooked up next? We'll find out. They've got a lot of schemes, but um, we'll do our best uh, to report on that here on Lone Star News. And uh, again, thank you all for being in attendance. And as they, uh, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, or at least as I say, um, as you uh, continue on through the rest of your weekend, uh, be safe, be blessed, and God bless Texas. God bless America. Uh, we will see you next week here at the C Report. I mean, at Lone Star News, and uh, we will see you guys at midnight tonight for Mr. C in the Dark. Till then, take care. Bye, bye, folks. <laughs>